Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Fuck the Mindset podcast. I am delighted to bring you the fantastic Chris Bungard, Bellator fighter. How you doing, mate? How you doing? Glad to have you on. We shake your hand. We didn't actually shake hands here because of social distancing, so don't don't worry about that. So what's been happening? Oh, cool, man. Um, Thanks for having me on, especially for being your... Your first show, it's it's, a, it's an honour, I must yeah. say, to share the couch with you, but uh, <laughs> hopefully um, the, the first day many um, good guests you have on there. You know, I'm hoping so. I mean, um, as I said in my ebook, Fit the Mindset is a platform of hope for people struggling with the pressures of modern society. Yep. Um, hopefully it brings some comfort to people and hope to people that they can get back from the darkest of places as I have um, and I'm sure probably or possibly yourself so it's amazing to have you on mate big fan most of Scotland are a big fan you know most of Ireland are big fans you know you're going to go global and you're going to be a champ you're going to be a superstar so four fights for Bellator so far aye four in a year Weird. two wins two losses yep so you went into so I want to ask you the importance of routine and visualization right. to make a fight go smoothly. So because you went into your first fight and you've came across Teddy Brazer, yeah, you've smashed him, right? Yeah. So then, what are you thinking after that? Well, t- t- talk to me from the start. Well, when I first signed, I got signed to fight Teddy Brazer, who was a, a two weight world champion. So it was like threw in right at the deep end, yeah. right off the bat, which I accepted it in like two seconds. It wasn't even. I didn't, no hesitation. Jumping right to the bit. <laughs> nah, no hesitation. If I've got a day so on, I, I was I got to that level where if you wanted to compete, they were the guys you, you had to fight and beat basically. Yeah. And uh, I think the the full the full way it went about with it being live on Channel Five. I think it was Bellator's first really um, European show because that mm-hmm. same started the day in like a European series now. So it's live on national TV. I was kind of a filming like a documentary at the time, so it was kind of all just all fit perfectly. Like I was like yeah. fairy tale shit, you know what I mean? So, and then obviously I didn't like the guy, um, so he beat him quite easily. It was so satisfying, mm-hmm. and but then you're setting yourself, you're setting yourself a marker. You've beat this world champion yep. now, like now you need to build on it and that. So. And what uh, a marker to set! You beat a guy who was not, he wasn't beating what nine, ten fights. Yeah. So, but yeah. You're setting yourself um, a market to beat, and people expect you to, to deliver at this mm-hmm. high high level. So you're then putting a wee bit of pressure on yourself um, to follow that up. So. Yeah, when you leave, when you're going into that fight, you sign the Bellator contract, which is phenomenal. You know, you, you're you're working up to that fight. That doubt has got to creep in. I mean, me before nah. I used to go and play if it was a football semi final or a big game. In football, the doubt sets in even if you're the underdog or you're not. Yeah. So I can only imagine you're going to fight, you know, one yeah. of the best in the division. And um, what was going through your mind? Did you have a fight plan? Actually, like, I felt like, I felt great. Um, full fight camp, the weight cut, I felt great. Everyone was great, but for some fucking weird reason, when I when I grab my flag, they come and get you. It's go time. Like I did have a wee bit of doubt. Just fucking sneaked in there, just mm. right in the gut. Oh, this guy's good. He's beat this guy. He's beat this guy, and I'm like, oh fuck! Yeah. Oh, this has got to be tough, man. Like, and then just walking up the ramp, like, like you say goodbye to your coaches. You walk up the Bellator ramp. It's like a big red walkway, and like they just leave you. You walk up there yourself, and you're walking up. They're playing your music. Like the arena I had in Newcastle was unbelievable, man. Yeah. So I felt it was like it was in Scotland, 
And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, this wee bit of fucking poison. It was just spreading to my stomach. Mm -hmm. eh? the, the doubt. Doubt kills, man. Doubt yep. always kills. And it was just like, oh, what am I doing this for? This guy's beat all these guys and they're good fighters. So, I definitely creeped in at the last second. It, it sneaked up on me and I didn't and, expect it. And listen, that's interesting because we're done for admitting that. Not many people and fighters will admit that. That you go to a fight and even though the talk's there, and, and all the, it's like almost um, story mode now, mm. isn't it? They, they love the story mm. and all this stuff before that. People don't admit that they're yeah. nervous before it or don't come clean about that, but anyone, doesn't matter who mm. you are, you, you get that. And what was it like, what I want to ask is, the fight camp, mm -hmm. that must be, so if you're in fight camp, right, and you're maybe two weeks in, you're training well, and then you're starting to doubt yourself, does that show in your sessions, sessions or your mindset? Yeah, um, sometimes you can have an off night. Sometimes you're feeling tired, you've done two sessions a day, three sessions a day, and sometimes you're just not feeling it. Maybe mm. you'll go in, maybe you'll do a, like your, a jiu-jitsu session maybe, and maybe you're getting submitted after your teammates that usually when they submit you, usually mm. you, you would you would be comfortable with them, they would catch you with a submission, kind of a similar what I, what I showed you earlier, but we'll get <laughs> to that. What you done to me? <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes... You have a bad night. This guy submitted me. This guy, this amateur, has submitted me. Why is this happening? I'm a professional. It's fine at the high level. I'm tired. Maybe like people beat you up and spawn. You go home. You hit you hit the showers. You go home and you're like, "Fuck, am I in the right sport here? Am I mm -hmm. like, or is it just one of these nights?" And then the next night you're driving to the gym. You can't really be bothered. You don't really want to go in, but then you have the best session of your life when you can't be bothered. Yeah. So yeah. It, is, it is a mixture. You have good days and bad days, but that's that's what the sport's all about. Yeah. Just like your victories and your losses, where your your bad nights are probably the, the, the nights that you can relate to the most and learn for the most. Like, I don't know any loss that I would never take back because mm. I've learned so much from it and it's humbled me a wee bit or... I've took it too early or I've fucked up a weight cut or I've no done this with my diet or I've just been minor details of making mistakes in the yeah, cage. So yeah, I can yeah. go back and, and work on them and yep. um, make it better for the next time. And I think that's what life's all about really, isn't it? Exactly. That's that's how, you know, it's, it's, it's the art of mastery comes to mind mm -hmm. with that. Um, when I played football, it's, it's more kind of consistent. I would... Um, it, I'm a striker, so mm. you have to score goals. Yeah. So if I'm missing open goals, you know, setters yeah. or or just not having a good game, I would think about that, yeah. you know. And I, and I was learning, you're learning fifty lessons a game, mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of you dissect them down a oh, wee bit. Totally. So it's it's definitely because you've got a team. MMA is a bit of a lonely affair, you know. Yeah, this is a so one man mountain, and you you know you've you've went to the top, then came back down after. Charlie Leary, yeah. was it? And then, and then you went back up again, and and you're just wanting to kind of stay at the top. That's yeah, hard, yeah, you know. know. That's it's a that's, long way to fall yourself. Yeah. And it's a long, you know. It's that's it. It's like the MMA is it's always you're either highest to the highs or you're lowest to the low, mm -hmm. and and you can definitely see that, especially which we'll probably go into later is like a social media thing. Yeah. Like when you're winning, man, I've got so much pals that want to want to be in after parties with me. They want to see me there and get pictures took me or then when you lose you've still got your sickles your pals has always been there and that's yep, it yep. even your, your social media will die down a bit um, your followers or your likes and that so you need to be it's like you need to be hot at the um, time you yeah. need to be winning and that's that's a, one of the most negative things about social media like people 
Well, that'd be a pal when you're winning. And then... I don't even think that's mostly um, social media. That's people in general. I feel as if in Britain, um, we have that negative mindset yeah. quite a lot. If someone loses, oh, 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 they're shite. Yeah. You know, then you go and thinking, oh my God, man, I you get, see him, you I see him that fighting that. In Scotland especially, like, they're not really, they don't really back a lot of their own. Scotland, exactly. like, compared to a lot of like the Irish or the American, like they they always get behind their, their athletes or their team and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But there's a lot of negativity in Scotland. Like I get it on a daily basis on like oh, no, social media right. or that. But it can come down to like you're not everybody's cup of tea, but you shouldn't shouldn't try and be everybody's cup no, of tea, right? Like not. don't try and please everybody. But it can come down to like the team you support, yep, maybe your view in a certain subject. And it comes down to sometimes people don't even know who you are. And they just if you're getting a wee bit of a headline, they'll just hate on you because it's like a jealousy factor or like this guy's getting too too much attention when he doesn't deserve it and I feel I deserve it. Like yep. stuff like that. So yep. there's so many different aspects to the game, but I wish I wish the Scottish fans and like would back their own man. See, it's always been like that. There's a lot of Scottish fans that don't even support the football team. Right. You know, and that's why I think it's actually our, you know, we're, we we don't see the value in ourselves as a country. So we support yeah. other people. We don't see the value in our own our own people. Yeah. I, I almost feel, you know, and um, we should because there's no, the, the pride is, we, we like to say we have pride, and we're, but, yeah. but we need to show that pride yeah. with our athletes, with our teams and all that. And as you says, people over Scotland would have been supporting Conor McGregor mm-hmm. and when it comes to you, oh no, he's a, he's a, he's a Celtic fan, all uh, that kind of stuff. Or mm-hmm. he done this, I've done that. Well, uh, no, no, you've got to get behind it because we don't feel good ourselves sometimes. Sometimes even with me, when I'm on somewhere and, I'll, and a couple of folks will come in my head and go, aye, but, you know, like, why am I doing that? It's negative yeah. thinking. Yeah. We're so negative. But we need to come up, and we can. We just need to learn it. And, we like, look at our suicide rate and stuff like that. You know, yeah. we are, um, we are, there's something that needs to change. Yeah. You know, something in the wheel that needs to change. But, no, we'll talk about you. We we actually filmed before this. Right, guys, we were in um, the Scottish Hit Squad in Cope Bridge. And I walked in, my flag on. I smashed him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I listen. That was that was probably one of the best hours. Uh, it was definitely the best hour of my year. Uh, well, that was good. incredible. I enjoyed it. Um, that, that's just a small wee details. Uh, like kind of all the aspects. Uh, martial arts. We got yeah. a wee bit of striking, a wee bit of grappling, um, some wrestling, some submissions, jujitsu. So, so it was a wee taste of it all. But it's addictive and it's beautiful. The sport is beautiful, but. You still get the odd fan that's not really clued up in it and it thinks it's like um, cage fighting, it's quite barbaric, there's blood, there's violence. Um, but it, in a sport, when you break it down, it, it's beautiful. Um, it's art. So that's what it is. It's art, especially especially when you hit the ground and you've got, as we said earlier, like the human chest, one inch too too much that way, yep. you're, you're fucked. Yep. An inch here. Yep. It's just, it is a game of inches, so... I'm glad you liked it because I enjoyed enjoyed having a wee move about it and all. How'd I do? Yeah, I thought you'd done great, man. Yes. I was impressed, man. I mean, I Especially, you like, you were saying about your knee injuries and that, like, your kicks were really good. Mm. Um, heavy hands and and mud fun, man. That's, that's, it was fun. Like, I cannot incredible. explain to you guys enough. If you're struggling... you got your... to choke me out. I've got to choke the bad guy. I've got to choke him out, man. He was tapping, he was wiggling his toes. Yeah. <laughs> no, to be honest... back to Brent Primace all that again, man. <laughs> <laughs> the black Brent fingers. Um, <laughs> I'm starting my career now. Um, no, but that was... 
I cannot tell you that was eye opening for me. Mm-hmm. That was some of the best type of exercise I've done in years. Yeah. You know, I actually enjoyed that probably more than I did for football for yeah. many years. Um, it was it's exhilarating. It, it kind of frees your mindset up. It kind of after I'm walking about as after six months of lockdown, yeah. it would have been tough, you yeah. know, and all the anxiety and all the pressures we had on ourselves. Um, it came out there, and I was like. It's amazing. You have to think, as you yeah. said, it's like chess. You're teaching me some things, and you're getting it wrong. You're going again, and then um, it is. It's like art, yeah. as you see, and it's like movement. And and then when you choked me out, <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, I've never felt anything like uh, that. And you said that was about fucking seven percent cover. You choked me out, film, and that's it. I'm tapping nah. out sixteen times. You know, tapping out in my sleep. Yeah, it's a good, good eye opener. No, it was good. But how do you like so? You've obviously got fire on your belly. Mm. I mean, a lot of fire on your belly. Mm. If you are out and about, how yeah. do you differentiate that when someone, if someone wants a square go or someone causes trouble? Because as we say, you get abuse in Scotland. Yep. Um, you're a massive Celtic fan, you know. Um, I'm a massive Rangers fan, but I'm not better. Wait, I don't what? care about that. <laughs> I think you're over this. My uncle Duncan Mackay, as many watching this, no play for Celtic mm-hmm. in the 60s in Scotland. And um, you know, so I'm not I'm not one to slate things. Yeah. I, slate people. I just love football. Yeah. You know, I love watching football. I love players doing well for Scotland. But um, I could see you would get stuck. How, do, how does that go about? Because you're a potentially you're a lethal weapon. Uh, well, first of all, like, I, do, I kind of need martial arts in my life like, through the lockdown and that. It's kind of like a like a release for me. Mm-hmm. Like I need to train. I need I need that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. in a weird way, I need to kind of touch other, roll about yeah, other no, guys. No, I need yeah, that yeah, grapple. Yeah. I need yeah. to sparn. Um, and I kind of need it because it it helps me, but be a better person. Maybe sound a bit weird saying that, but I need I need to get that training once a day or to go weeks and months on end before that it was was torture at one point before obviously we could for Paul's sight but when I'm out like I'm just I'm just human but not mean like don't mm-hmm. think like mm-hmm. you can rock up me and like kind of a, I'll give everybody a chance basically yeah. and the chance is usually like back up a bit yeah. and that's it but it's, it's tough also and I I've never been looking for trouble in my life but and even in school I did get in a lot of fights but I usually used, used to fight with bullies so I, mm. I hate it bullies. So if mm. I seen people bullies being bullies, mm. I'd probably hit the bully. So, so you a bully you know, I would normally have words with the bullies and that as mm. well, because I hate bullying, but would you say because the bullies are normally the more popular kids, mm-hmm. were yeah. you in that group or were I, you I, I was I was one of the popular in the school, but there were still other bullies, but I still like to fight. So instead of picking on people that couldn't fight, I picked on the people that thought they could fight, mm-hmm. which were the bullies. And so why did you like to fight? There's no someone at school like you I don't just, just like to fight. No, Some, you know, I, don't know. I just like I was just what I watched the wrestling when I was younger, and I just and I never watched the UFC or that. That was I just thought heard that that was a computer game back in the day with Chuck Liddell and Tito. But yeah, it was wrestling I watched and fo- I played football. Yeah, so I don't know. I just had I'd fighting in me for where I came from. Like I lived in Hollytown and the place I grew up where you kind of had to fight a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Just just uh, no, let people walk out of the tapy basically yep. so I don't know I'd, I'd never pick on anybody though but all my fights in school were with the bullies uh, the, the years and the, the, the mm. high schools and that and I always remember that but like when I'm out like, if anybody starts on me I, I have got a cool head these days even like driving like 
I'll give people the benefit of the doubt, but if you catch me on a bad day, man, you're fucked. <laughs> like, we, we, we were driving in to do this interview <laughs> and a, a guy's pulled pulled up in front of uh, the big man. He, he's kind of went on a hang and he's going, listen, I'm happy you were there. Stuff like that. Cause <laughs> that you go out and fly and triangle the car, the, but, the person through the window. But people in like nightclubs or pubs, like when they have a few in them, like they'll, they'll try and get a reaction. Oh, of course. Or even like of when course. I played amateur football, like hundreds of times like people try and get a reaction at yeah. you because they think that they won't do it but that's not me because yeah. I will do something yeah. and yeah. sadly that's what I did that's what I'm like so but I, I give everybody the one chance but if they, they keep at me then I'm probably hit them oh, <laughs> I the, was you grew up in the holy town it's your space I don't like anybody getting my space I am a same so yeah. if, you, if, if I can touch you if I can, if I can touch you and you're this close mm-hmm. then there's Son, but it's got to go down. And, and that's weird because like, when, we were, <laughs> when we were in the thing the day, when we were in the the, the gym the day, you're close as, you're close uh, as fuck all the time. You know I what I mean? Know. So it's weird that you, you, outside, nobody came in my face. Yeah. Inside, everyone get in my face. How I train. But you know, like, Noah's been a fighter. Um, you know if something's got to go down. If somebody's out <sighs> here, yeah, you, can see it. you see their hands. Especially Aye. these days, like... Uh, like where I used to stay, like the, the most murders in Scotland last mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. Hollytown for mm-hmm. a small village, yep. and it's knife crime. Mm-hmm. So like somebody's there with their hands in their pockets, then what am I going to do? Wait for you to stab me? Be, if I had to pick or me right. or you, it's me all the time. Yeah, <laughs> so no, of course. So what was it like growing reality. up in Hollytown? Hollytown is so Lanarkshire. Mm-hmm. is, you know, it's a red hot zone for suicide. Yes, in Scotland, in Scotland's bad enough. Yeah. But suicide, you know, I've been there myself. Yeah. What was growing up there like? Um, was there many suicides you seen growing up? Stuff like that? Was there? Is there? Is there a lot of poverty? See, when I was growing up, like well, as a young boy, like I didn't know what suicide was, man. Yeah, I, okay. I honestly didn't yeah. know what suicide was until the day my friend's um, father uh, committed suicide. Uh-huh. So even then, it was kind of a, like you're walking about in a daze. Like I don't really get what's just happening here. Mm-hmm. So. That's why we kind of started the whole working with Chrissy's house thing and we run like a charity funded day uh, in Hollytown uh, every year. Um, then my other mate's father sadly done it and then my mate's done it and you're like, right, what's going on here, man? What is, just, I felt like it was like the mother area was so bad with it. And sometimes it was come down to like depression, alcohol, uh, drugs anything and you're just like yeah, yeah. people kind of put the finger on what's grown here but I was still yeah. at a young age like like where your son's up here it's like um, it's like happening everywhere and all different ages and especially with males it was lots of males mm-hmm. wasn't it mm-hmm. where I'm from not too many females yep. so as being for poverty um, like where I stayed was like kind of a rough area it was like flats um council flats basically and it was kind of wild like mm-hmm. kids would run about doing it yeah. or they were going the, the flats were going on fire the police were constantly down where I stayed basically yep. they should have just put up a station in my street because the police are never away Aye. but I just thought it was normal we were yeah. just up to hours just playing fit at the garages while the parents all sat and drank basically mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's what it was like but it wasn't until we started going to schools and meeting other families like no that's not what happens man <laughs> like they have Sunday yeah. dinners with the, the family's ruined and it's, I'm like I'm, I'm quite jealous I, 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 I don't get this and they had like family days like camping fishing holidays like I hadn't went on a holiday ever until like, my papa eventually took me to Bulgaria oh, on a wow. plane and all that wow. 
So it was it was like it was like a wee when I finally went to like stay with some of my friends and that and I like like don't get me wrong, I'm not selecting my family and that, but we just we didn't do a lot of family stuff. We mm. didn't spend time as a family together. Mm. Like my dad was quite he was just always moody. He was yeah. always moody, he was always grumpy ways. And that's how probably I didn't have a, a good relationship with my father. And then my mum was kind of the same, but she, she my mum always did try. But that's how I think I, I was more, um, more like as if my papa was more like my guardians, like my yeah. mum and my dad. Yeah, of course. Because I spent more time with him. I'd respect for my papa, mm. and he showed me like the actual way of life, like how yeah. you should treat people yeah. and. He opened my world up. Uh, my papa, my grand, my grand died um, a few, a good few years before my papa there. But so, so I, I wouldn't say I was poor. I didn't have any. Like yeah. I used to have to save up my fiver a week for my papa. Right, every week I'd put my fiver away. He'd take me to boot sales. I'd hover around about him until right. Fuck, there you go. Then I'd run away. Either get VHSs or I'd save it up, save up all the weeks so I could buy a Fitbit tracky. Right, because mm-hmm. that was the thing back in the day. And all my mates were loaded, mm. like their moths would get them all sorts. So I saved up a fiver a week so I could buy an Inter Milan trackie. Mm-hmm. And that was my thing. My, my, was my trackie, right? So I was that. I used to wear it all the time because it was the only thing I had, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But um, so we didn't have much, but like my papa would help us out and stuff like that. And Having that there has probably saved your life. Aye, definitely. You, know, I mean, you said in another interview, you were saying your, your, mum, and, your mum and dad they they liked a drink but they weren't alcoholics aye. so you're basically saying they're alcoholics but I'm not saying that can aye, I aye. but and that's my uncle was a alcoholic mm-hmm. he was a seasonal alcoholic for 20 years he worked for British Airways and it's just something he couldn't get out of aye. he went in he was on for 12 months and my two cousins my best mates do you know what I mean and, and then he would come off like that he would just come off aye. he was the best person in the world and then he went on he'd be shouting and moaning at his aye, and, and going it's, it's hard to get on me he gets you so anxious and, and uptight so Let's not kid ourselves. There is, there's millions of other kids in Scotland with that than out. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know definitely. some of my friends, um, mum and dads are are, are alcoholics or that. Does that? Do you think that? Like you say, the now, you're not a bad guy. I know that for mm. for, for certain. You're a gentleman. Um, I don't I think we should call you the good guy instead of the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> or the the peacemaker yeah. outside. But do you think that had a thing on like your anger and stuff growing up, or you wanted to just fight people? Um. I, um, I think coming into mixed martial arts did change me because deep down I'm still fighting stuff. I'm still fighting a lot of things. I can I can say stuff that I'm that I shouldn't say, and then like I kind of should I take it back? And I'm constantly fighting with myself to try and be a better person, and then this bit of an idiot side can come out from time to time, and and I think. Uh, martial arts is kind of a try to balance me out I always try and say I, I try and make my good outweigh my bad because yeah. I have got bad in me I know that yeah. I'm a fighter I try and hurt people like physically in a cage I want to do damage to people so <laughs> I think you've got a wee bit of badness in you but everyone has uh, everyone has well everyone could go that way but like, I think um, I'm just trying I'm just trying as a person keep it doing and just try and be better. Like MMA has humbled me, and as I'm getting older, I'm getting more mature because I've done stuff in the past that I'm not proud of. But I'm then if I can pass on one day to my kids, this is how this is how life is. This is mm-hmm. how you should respect people, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to show them like the way life 
obviously minus my stupid bits, but I think it's martial arts is definitely humbling me. Um, for day one, and you can see the years they've been progressing. I still say some stupid shit for time to time that upsets it. people, but I, think, I don't know if that will ever go away, but I'm definitely getting a better person. I know that for a fact. So your MMA is your golden coping mechanism. Ah, At the end of the day, that's what keeps you from going the other way, or that's what keeps you from... Um, from from your your thoughts controlling you like when we talk about you growing up seeing suicide and stuff have you found yourself in that place yourself that awful place um i've been depressed i've been like stuck in my bed for days after like maybe maybe like bad results in my my fights or maybe a relationship something like that um you know what i mean like could turn to drugs if it wasn't for certain people in my life right now like I could be every weekend for mm-hmm. drugs, for mm-hmm. a drink, going away, watching the Celtic, no coming back for three days. But I want to be in that gym. I want to be learning. And yeah. even these amateurs coming through, I want to help them. I want to do extra rounds with them. I want to give them a wee bit of knowledge and tell them, what this is what you can do. This is how good you are. And I, I get joy after that, feeding mm-hmm. feeding their positive energy and passing it on. I'm like, maybe I could be a good coach one day. I don't know. Maybe this could lead to after a retire maybe start my own gym i don't know but i know this is this helps me be a better person and and that's what matters because when i was working and it still works every day i'd wake up and i would swing my legs around in my bed and i would sit there for about 10 20 minutes and like when he'd done like no one to go in hating mm. life so i was already waking up in that negative mind frame where i'm like i'm away in here and i would rather fucking jump in front of a train just they no go here like so so like if I would uh, say to anybody like if you're waking up with a negative mind frame just just pack it in pack your job in I know everybody needs to pay bills I know they need to do this and that and life's tough because you need money but do what you want to do and so, stuff like when you wake up you've got to wake up with a smile on your face you've got to get your coffee in the morning kiss your missus or your brains goodbye I'm away day so and I fucking love and then when you're coming in or when you're doing it, you're smiling. Everything's different. Your mind frame's different. You're a happier person. You're meeting people in the train, the bus, driving. You're saying, oh, how you doing? How you yeah. passing on that, that positive uh, energy to people and it, and it cheers people's day up and, and your life will be a million times better, uh-huh. I can guarantee you that. I always say it's like being in a roller coaster of life and when you wake up in the negative mindset and all that, you're in the back of the train. So you've got no view. You've got people sick and spit and all that. And if they had coronavirus, laughing back <laughs> in your, up your nose. But when you're waking up positive and, and, you, and you're going to a job you like, you're at the front of the train. Mm-hmm. You know, you're seeing the view. You're seeing things before other people. You're advancing. Yeah. And, you know, and that's a very that's, that's a, a very good. important thing. People don't understand how important it is to to try. See, when you go up and you talk to someone, oh, no, I've tried it. No, no, no. But just try make it happen yeah. you get up you have to do that so when, for me i'll get up in the morning and even if i've had terrible anxiety the night before i'll go up downstairs two glasses of water straight away two full glasses of water. you've been sleeping for about yeah. seven eight hours you're going to feel dehydrated it could add to you feeling a bit of shit the weather outside might be pushing down do you know what i mean and you, you get you know seasonal affective disorder yeah. and you're, you're just if, if you, you, you go down the dump so you woke up already in that state of mind how are you flipping that you know yeah. so for me it's the water the decent breakfast then I'll go outside just in the garden for fresh air. Yeah. No, literally just, even yeah. if it's raining, just go out, fresh air, come back in, put some music on, go for a Love shower. That. Make sure the music isn't too hard beating. Yeah. Make sure it's nice. And, and and that changes my whole 
that changes Sets my whole day. day so what would, what would you, your advice be for someone who's having like suicidal thoughts saying are any of your fans that are having suicidal thoughts I'd always just just hang in there like every there's every day's a new day there's always light at the end of like I've been there personally myself so I know I know exactly what they're feeling like yeah. have you ever tried to take your own life I've never, like that? I've never, never. No. so you've never went that far but you've been because depression people think that depression is suicide they kind of yeah. put the both in the same and it's yeah. really it's, it's different than that so you've went through depression you've never been to suicide but you said you lost a mate yeah. with suicide growing up yeah a few like a um, few from Horton where I, where I live we used to go on holiday, Ibiza, Ayanapa. And yeah, my good friend Stephen McGee at the time, um, he committed suicide. Um, through same depression, he was always mm-hmm. depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can it can happen to people that you really know and care about. So Absolutely. it's it's mad because you maybe don't think it maybe never happened to you, but yeah. you never know what's around the corner and, you, and how it can affect your life and what it can do to your mind frame mm-hmm. or your do- mental state. Do you think, like, did you see the signs? Did you see... Because um, this will be important, because this is what's happening now. It's Suicide Prevention Month in September, yeah. and everyone's questions to me. I get hundreds of mails all the time, right, saying, I'm I'm there. I'm trying to be there for my partner. Yeah. I'm trying to be there for my friend. How do I do it? Yeah. You know, but when your friend took his own life, was there signs, you know, were you... Yeah, like, like it was, like... I think he tried it a few times, um, so I wasn't shocked when it when it when I found out. But mm-hmm. like he tried, like we all tried to help him. We went to meetings. He'd done a lot of things, but I think it was down to drugs and like Valium and stuff like that. So um, I wasn't I wasn't surprised when it happened, but like it still when it does happen, it still it still hits you hard because you. Aye. Deep down, you're like, I don't think it will happen, but and we don't really understand it. Yeah, we? we don't really understand it because if you do take your own life, well, I've been close to it, of course, which I say in the first episode of the mindset. But if you if you do, you don't know it's you've not been there. You've been there where you're about to. But you've not done it. You don't yeah. know the actual. You know things are obviously not. Well, my mum walked in, thank God, but things are obviously not so bad that you're just going to do it like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I can only imagine what it's like to be in someone's head. You know, yeah. um. It must be a prison, but let's not get ourselves on here. Um, thousands of children and thousands of um, it's getting, they're getting younger as well, you yeah. know. And and cause that's a scary thing. Cause moving on, yeah. Like 10, 11, 12 year olds, you're like, mm-hmm. you've got your full life ahead of you. Yeah, my yeah. woman texts me saying, My, my nine year old daughter has got depression and she's trying to deal with this and that and stuff. And I'm like, Geez, oh, she says her anxiety is really bad and she's freaking out in shops and that. How has she even got that yeah, knowledge? Yeah. Or how has she even got that? Like it's, it's just absolutely it broke me, you know. And I'm thinking, I've just brought a wee boy yeah. into the world. Who ten year old, that? I was out playing in the mud and stuff like that. So I don't like how people. That's picking my snorters uh, and it in people's hairs. Yeah, uh, no, so I don't know. <laughs> that's that's scary, but it's just it can be the, through the power of like like this this era now, this day and age. It's, it's different from it was back then. Mm-hmm. Now it's we've got all social medias and like the internet of the day, like mm-hmm. can really fuck with kids' minds. Like, yep. you maybe see, like, this wee guy's got the PlayStation, the Xbox, he's getting all this, and I've got nothing. Like, we didn't really, back, back when I was young, we didn't really have mobiles. Mm-hmm. I got a big Motorola, man. 
That was uh, my first one, the flip flip phone, phone. The no, it wasn't it, it was the big one. <laughs> the big one, that's all. And then my brother got the flip oh. phone and I was raging. I was happy with a polyphonic ringtone, <laughs> fuck's sake, you know what I mean? That's all. Do you so, know, that's terrible. I remember back in the day with the phones, right? And you had the, was it the 5210, 5210, right? Snake and no. the only reason you wanted the 5410 was for snake uh, tone yeah. and better ringtones. Uh, <laughs> and you can like, make your name ringtone, you uh, could actually type all the notes in and give you like zombie or something. People making me songs and all that, wasn't it? And they were just they were the kill cool smart zombie nation sorry zombie zombie nation well, yeah. well brilliant tune man but that just shows you how things have changed you know people kids these days at 8, 9 and 10 they've got phones that are essentially supercomputers yeah. you know they've got the knowledge at yeah, their fingertips exactly. everything they want anything they want and that's really scary when you think about it so you can you can see how you know the suicide really rate has really affected teenagers now you know, it's really bad over in America too but it's really bad in Scotland yeah. you know bad in Ireland I know you're over there a lot yeah. um, why do you think that is not just suicide There's, poor mental health in uh, general I think it's it's a bit, a bit of mixture it's sometimes where you're from like your area you're in your lifestyle most of it through through Scotland, especially the centre of Scotland, is, is drug related, a lot of drug related. Mm-hmm. Um but it can happen anywhere, like through sports. Like um, I know I've seen a few documentaries recently be like football for like guys that don't make it, like it's a life and then they don't make it and you know what I mean, it can it can happen in any level, any level mm-hmm. of sport. Addicted to drugs, fail out with relationships, it, it can send the mind down like a downward spiral and in anything in life, but I think where I'm from and the young boys that have been doing it, I think it's it's drug a lot of drug related um, cocaine up all night. Cocaine's and, a bad one. And debt, they get debted up to the eyeballs. Balls, they follow up with a girlfriend. They're up for days on coke. They see one way out. Sadly, you know what I mean. But that's just my opinion. Maybe no, and that's never a that, good place uh, to be. You know, most of you watching. You know, I've probably been there. You know, you've took too much cocaine, you've been up for two days, and it's a very scary place yeah, to be. You think course. you're dying, your anxiety's through the roof, you, you, you've had the fear, you're scared of everything, your anxiety's times 3,000, you're, you're peeking out the window to see if anyone's there, yeah, any, any noise. And people won't, the big thing about cocaine is people won't admit to taking cocaine. They'll always say, like, I always think, why do you always say, are we going on the on the booze? Are we going for a night out? Are you going for a drink? Because most of them, the thing they're not going for is a drink. The thing they're going for is a coke. Yeah. I'll know drink starts it. Drink it is a massive, hand, I wouldn't say coke's problem. Drink's the main problem because you're not just going to really go, are you, and just go, hey, I'm going out buying a bag of coke, man. I'm going to get right with my nut. <laughs> you go, I'm going out for a pint, and then the, 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 the coke's going to be brilliant. It keeps me up all night and you're like, uh, it party. goes hand in hand, doesn't it? No one, will, no one will admit that, and that's a big thing, you know. No, no one will admit it in case it, like, because it's so frowned upon, and um, it's, it's not good for you, it's definitely not good for you. But I think we need people to start admitting it, you yeah. know, because it's that way people are going for help. And the last thing they're, they're just going, Oh, I've got a drinking problem, they'll never come out and say, I've got a cocaine problem. That's mm. the last resort, you know. That needs to be outed more. If your girlfriend, your girlfriend probably knows you're coming in, clowned out your face, you know mm. what I mean. And, and um, you know, so it's that way where I think we need a wee bit more awareness to come out because that is a massive problem. Yeah. There's a huge problem. You know, I know many people that are now um, great boys and they're just going out two, three days in a row and they're yeah. lost and they're doing it and and it, and it's not that is not a way forward. Yeah. You know, you, you you're almost standing still three days after it. You, you go out on the Friday, you come back on the Sunday, you don't recover to the Thursday. You have a great day Friday. You feel good because you're not hungover anymore. You're back out on the Friday night. Yeah, I've been you there know? myself. Yeah, man. It's, it's so bad. It's, you know? good, it's good at the time, yeah. but 
as you say, that's what they all say. It's good at the time, but then the effects that you have after it, then down, years down the line, the effects it has on your body. It's, Absolutely, it's, it's a it's a thing where I remember reading somewhere that that a couple of celebrities are too scared to actually condone and to like to launch a campaign to kind of stop certain drugs and all yeah. that because drugs, you know, it's a big. It's a big economy, do you uh, know what I mean? And, and people are not going to be happy if you're on saying... Half of these celebrities always talk shite, man. They're ah, fucking, they take exactly. one line and think they're a coke addict. Right, I mean? That's it. And that's like the, the, the thing with celebrities now is um, social media is leading a, a nation in the winter. When you see something in the news now, the world goes into this area. It doesn't matter what it mm. is, if it's coronavirus, Beirut, it's around the world in a second and everyone... So we... I was, I was reading the other day and I was thinking... We actually live, my heart was going, was palpitating, mm. reading the news of Beirut and then down it, you know, you've maybe typed in something like, oh, I've got a sore knee or something like yeah. that and then down operations and then you're down, you've maybe talked to your friend about cancer and, you know, the phone's picking yeah. it up and it's saying, go yeah, and get yeah. cancer checked and all that. And they're I'm like, oh, no, what is it? Yeah, and you're thinking to yourself, this is brutal. I'm, 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 I'm scrolling down to get some positive news. You know what I mean? And all I'm seeing is stuff that's making my anxiety worse and worse yeah. and worse. So there's, there's two. Like, what I've done is I've done it for a week. I got all the apps, all the social media apps off Facebook yeah. and off Instagram. Well, sorry, off. Off, like, I stopped following their yeah. pages. And I stopped, I blocked the, the notifications from the BBC News app and all that stuff as well. And um, I get none of them through. Yep. And when I got none of them through... That was the best week of my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't, yeah, I'm not knowing what's going on, but I'm not hearing of Trump's, yeah. you know, Trump set this guy in fire. Trump's yeah. done that, you know what I mean? The, new, the world's falling the apart. The news on the TV, the news on the radio when you're driving, it's, it's negative. All mm, negative. Always. Somebody's died, somebody's been raped, somebody's been murdered. COVID, there's nothing like any positive I've heard in a long, long time mm-hmm. come to news. So I just stopped listening to it. I oh, stopped watching sure. it. Like, sure. it's, as you say, oh, somebody's died. Great, I'm away today, I run. I mean, it's like it's constant. Yeah, and it's, it's always got to be there. It's always got to be there. And it's people's choices. Yeah. The thing is, same on Instagram, guys. If you want to get a better Instagram feed, you need to follow better people or people who are going to have a more positive impact yeah. on you. If you're if you're crying about or if you're upset about um, being body conscious or you're you're upset about seeing all this stuff all the time, but you follow Kim Kardashian and all that, then for me, that's your fault because I used to do the things like this until I stopped. It didn't change. So if you're not following Kim Kardashian, you're not going on and you're not seeing her body and then feeling shit about yours, that is your choice. You've got, I feel we have got to regulate our Instagram 10 times more. Yep. So I was reading some stuff about the art of mastery, which I talked to you about. Have you ever read anything through it? No. So I'll read out. I, w- I was on last night and I was looking at stuff and I listened to a lot of podcasts about this. So let me read number six, right? So learn to embrace criticism and failure and be grateful for the opportunity to learn and improve as a result of your mistakes. <laughs> now, that comes to mind when you go and fight Terry Brazer. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, you get beat off Charlie Leary. Yep. So, for for young people watching or for fans watching, how would you do, how do you deal with that? You, so, you've went up, you find it. If you get beat, normally that heads go down a wee bit. Yeah. You know, you're sitting there, you've got a long time before your next fight. Yep. You know? Um, talk to people just how you deal with that and you do you deal with the voice in your head with that. Um, well, you talk about like how did I deal with the defeat after beating Terry? Like, Basically, aye, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I knew like part of the reason that I lost was I had a terrible weight cut. So 
so I already identified the problem. Mm-hmm. So the loss was a lot easier to handle, even though, like, um, the third, well, it was quite cool. Like, I won the first round, he took the second round, and I died to death in the third, and I, I got a bit of beating in the third round. Yep. But even, like, I had a wee bit of concussion in that, like, it was so much easier to handle, because I knew where I went wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I knew, like, I need to change the way I'm eating. Yeah. I need to change my diet up, I need to change the way I'm cutting weight. So much, it's, it was so much easier to handle. Oh, yeah, he's coming out. Can you go and put him outside? Just lock the door. I thought he was going to I thought, I, I, thought I could hear him coming in there. No, my, my big dinosaur dog's come in. <laughs> the dog's whining in the shot, not me. Sorry there, my big yeah. Alsatian Rottweiler came in there and nearly caused... <laughs> Steph, he just ran in mid-shoot. <laughs> Can you can you take him upstairs into the bedroom? Pain Dog's the biggest pain in the house. Ah, friend, good one. It's friendly. Oh, he's very fucking He's just pain in the house. Because he's so clumsy. I mean, everybody comes in, he smashes your, he smashes his tail off yeah. the face. Like, he did well when he stopped himself. Because yeah. I clicked him. He's security trained. I clicked. <laughs> as soon as the click goes, he goes, <laughs> or else it was in. <laughs> Smashing it. I hey, think everybody was like that there. Like, it could have just been like a bull yeah. in a china shop there. Right, okay. So, is Tia's upstairs in the bedroom, Steph? Okay, so I want to talk. So, I'm going to read number eight, right? Develop your social intelligence. Were we done now? You were saying it was easy for you to fake a defeat and then we had to do... Oh, so he was speaking. Right, okay. Yeah, you were saying it was a wee bit easier to fake. Aye. So, just for that that fight alone, like, like, I don't mind the criticism that I got through the loss um, because I knew where I went wrong in the fight. Like, I knew, like, the weight cut is is sometimes more just as important as the fight itself because mm-hmm. it's two basically two fights mm-hmm. making the weight doing it properly refueling properly I remember the next day after I'd made the weight I still wouldn't even feel myself walking about it was like a zombie a wee bit even walking out to the fight I was like the crowd will get me going and like I still feel nah there's something no right here man. what's in your head when, you're, like, when that's going on there's no right here and Charlie Weary can hit like a truck man Aye. so it was like even though, like, oh, I thought I won the first round, like, the second round, the third round, I was fucking gone, man. Like, right. and I was like, I actually couldn't even lift in. I couldn't lift my hands, my feet. I was in the bottom. I couldn't move. I was just kind of surviving a wee bit. But I took a big elbow in the bottom, and it's the hardest I've ever been hurt in my life, in the gym, outside the gym, in any fight. But it shut my full body down. It was, like, numb. Like, see, we watch fighting films or boxing films where it goes, like, that deepening yeah, way. Yeah. That's what it was like. So it's Slow it motion. So that way, and it was a short elbow for the bottom. I was in the bottom, and it was the hardest. And I'm like, shit, I've never been knocked out or finished before. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. this guy's about to finish me. So it was kind of hard knowing he's pushing you, doing his landing, mare on you. Everything's going your mind. Shit, I'm about to lose. I'm about to get knocked out, or the rest about to stop in. And I'm tough. I'm I'm the my mental toughness in a fight or cutting mm-hmm. weight is my strong point. So I'm just kind of hanging on and like, I know I'm losing the fight, but mm-hmm. I'm just trying to hang on and I don't want to, if I crawled into a ball, the ref would have stopped it, but I'd rather go at my shield and try and survive. Yeah. And that was all cause of my weight cut. Mm-hmm. And that's what fucked my weight cut. My diet was poor. So that fight alone is the reason I've got a new nutritionist and this new diet. My weight cuts are much better. My rehydration's 
ten times, a million times better. Now, after a weigh-in on a Friday, I feel like I can fight on a Friday, never yeah. mind waiting to the Saturday to fight. So, yeah. no, I feel that was difference. a blessing. And a, that beating, it beat me like I would on fucking 10 yeah. year child support money, man. But <laughs> that, that beating was a blessing in disguise yeah. for my career and my, my body, my yeah. nutrition. Because I was, the way I was cutting weight was... I mean that's and that's important. That's what makes champions yeah. because like that's this is so good, Master. It's, it, it's a book I read and you're talking about learning to embrace criticism, criticism and failure. That comes after time, yeah. doesn't it? Because you still get that Scottish oh, you no know, fire in your belly and then it's be grateful for the opportunity. You're like, listen, that was a blessing in disguise, yeah. you know, I learned there. And then you're like you improve as results of your mistakes, yes. You you'll improve from that. So it's great. I'll give you this book, man. Don't, it, it'll don't get me wrong when like people like try and fucking criticise me like I'll, I'll do this a lot on Twitter I'll click on their name right and I'll be like where'd they fae like, you smash them right, I've right, seen right, it where'd they fae this guy's for Perth right who do I know for Perth like you know this guy <laughs> like and then uh, the mayor do you get known there's a mere honours going like I can't go about doing that with everybody like so then if there's like 20 people slagging me I'll pick out the fucking weirdest looking cheapest <laughs> cunt I'll click on his picture the one the other day a specky guy with a wee dog sitting in uh, the Stone Island jumper on. <laughs> and we saw this. That, this guy thinks he's salty of the earth, which I didn't even say I was salty of the earth. I, said, I was talking about other stuff. So I'm like, fuck this guy, you know what I mean? This specky guy that's probably touching his dog, you know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm getting him. So then I'll just target this guy and I'll slag him all day. And then like all my fans will get on the board. So... I'll take it easy in the first 20, but there will be one I'll eventually pick out why and I'll just slaughter them for days, man. Right, you. Let's go. But at the start, it does get to me, like, why are these people saying this, this stuff mm-hmm. about me? They don't know who I'm at. They don't know me. Um, so it, does get, it did get to me at the start, but the more it happened, I learned to embrace it and then learned just to have a bit of fun with it. Like, yeah, yeah tw- Twitter's what you... Twitter's, you know, yeah. you get what you give and you give what you get, know. you know what I mean? And you don't take it seriously. And, many, and, and let's just make this... Um, I need to say this. Many people do take it seriously. And that's when they'll... When it can bring them really down, you know, and can go on to suicide and stuff like yeah. that. But when you know you're having a laugh, you kind of know, you know yeah. what I mean? And Twitter and, and, and what, they're, what they're coming back at. But see, when you're talking about your mentality being so strong in a fight and stuff like that, what about when you've when you've maybe lost that five ten percent? What's the best corner advice you've ever had? Um, oh, it's a tough one. Usually, like I've got, like, I usually got Paul and Brian in my corner. Like I'm, I'm into the third round. I'm tired. The first thing Paul does uh, is tell me to smile in the corner. Like, so I've got my horns on. He's like, let me see that smile. And I smile, and then I'm like, right, now I'm having fun. Mm-hmm. And then Brian's the brains. This is what you're doing, man. Mm-hmm. This is what I want you to yep. do. Go out and do this. You need to do this. Watch it for this. And then put, usually when, I, when I'm calling on Paul, when he's about to go into the octagon, I'll say to him, because he's got two kids, I says, what do you want to go go home and tell your kids that you fought Shogun, or you want to go home and tell your kids that you beat Shogun? Is mm. that that I beat him? Then he's away in. That's, that gets me pumping just thinking about this anyway, man, because I might have yep. fought in ages. I can see this smile on your face, so, man. So that always that all. So I need day two in my corner, like he needs me. So yep. it's like a team, a family. So you need to know how to. You need to have um, a connection with people. You know what I mean, you see, like uh, McGregor and John, like people. You need to know. John needs to bring in people that knows that will get on my corner, mm-hmm. like that will fit well with his routine mm-hmm. and the type of person he is and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I, f- I feel the same much with my team. Like 
I know these guys and they said they know me and uh, it's like a family kind of like a family based yeah seeing, see, seeing your face there talking about it and your face lit up mm-hmm. do you know what I mean um, and that's important so that tells me that a big part of your fighting career is, is that family yeah of course man. do you know what I mean um, I remember like you don't you won't get this because you didn't watch a wrestling night but Bret Hart <laughs> Bret Hart once said about the Heart Foundation that, for the wrestling fans yeah watch, about the Heart Foundation that they would follow these guys in to the pits the, the mouth of hell to fight the devil himself and I always love that quote even though fucking wrestling's fake don't ever say it's fake right <laughs> but, it's not uh, fake but, but I always love that quote because I feel like that's that's even my, my mates in Hollytown like because we've grew up together mm-hmm. I've been for them I've, you know what I mean my family, my loved ones. Um, well, that's what I'm like with my fight team. Like, no matter where we go, we just went to Brazil, fought one of the best in the world, Abu Dhabi, Fight Island, anywhere in Europe, the world, we're there, America, not so. I feel like it is a brotherhood, and it's, uh, it's something that's it's quite hard to dis- explain unless you've been in that you've been in that moment. It's, a, it's quite hard. Yeah, because as we talked about earlier, um, MMA is a you know you're the lone wolf. Yeah. You know, it's quite a lonely affair. So. There you are, in a sense. There, there you're everything. There you're, you know. There. The they're... first thing you say if you if you get beat or you lose, I've heard the most say it. My teammates, me, is sorry. You say sorry, you know, and and everyone like fuck off to be well, apologised for why well, you saying sorry. But that's the first thing you want to say is you want to apologise because you've no one. But it's you, I know that, but I've said it. But I don't give a fuck. You shouldn't apologise to anybody. But it's the first thing you can't mean like like you've let somebody down. We really. Mm-hmm. You've got names they've done. I mean, it's, it's, just, a, it's just a way of life, man. It's just a way of life. It? So, talking about your relationship with uh, Beardew, uh-huh. like Paul Craig, yep. big handsome bastard. <laughs> <laughs> don't <laughs> tell him that, man. That's so <laughs> uh, No, he's a great big guy. They all call him handsome or something, don't they? I said that in the message. She's like, oh, yeah, big handsome, handsome guy. Is it right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's not coming to a hit squad. He's got a good side on him. I think it's her side. <laughs> and, uh, the side so that shades out his nose a bit. You went to fight camp. And uh, he's, he's, not. <laughs> he's the only guy I know that can smoke a cigar in a shower and not get it wet, man. <laughs> I love that, man. Uh, you went to Fight Camp. Fight Island. <laughs> Fight Island, sorry. Um, in the, the UFC. Yes. And you were his corner man. Yes. Yeah. How how did that come about? How did you become his corner man and stuff like that? Um, just through being teammates. We've been teammates for eight years now. Um and we're like only professionals in the gym. Mm-hmm. The rest are amateur. We had a couple, but they kind of drifted away a wee bit. Um, and I just obviously Paul's Paul's a heavier weight. He's a light heavyweight, so it's quite hard for him to get training partners at his weight. So we need to kind of uh, uh, drive a lot to like uh, England. And just went to Sweden a few times for mm-hmm. like the, the bigger heavier weights guys. Mm-hmm. So I'm a I'm a lightweight. Obviously, I walk a bit middleweight, but like he still needs that heavier guy in Tapium or. Sparring with the heavier guys, not mean. Hey, all good. I'm calling you. Out. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, you don't uh, pinky man. Boof. If you think that choke was bad for me, man, like which has legs around <laughs> a bit, you must fuck. Oh, can I imagine? So, um, I and just like we all corner each other. We've all even amateurs have been in his corner, and they've been in my corner. But just a team, or a unit. Brian's our main coach. We've got different coaches for different aspects of the, the game and that, yeah. but. We've all helped him, Connor, him, Lawrence, boxing, Stevie, Ty, Marcus, Jiu-Jitsu, Brian, obviously. So I think I've done his last seven fights in the UFC. Um, we've been everywhere. So he'll always be in my corner. And I think I've always been in his corner. Cause, you can see the relationship is refreshing. Yeah. It's really, really nice. I want to talk about, I want, you, I want to be the first 
one to get this, to have this story here. He's <laughs> taking a drink of water, look at him. Wait, how did you come round to giving Paul the nickname Beardew? Oh, I don't even know if I should say, but basically, oh, I don't know, how, how can I say <laughs> Basically, if, if Paul's um, midsection was a country at Beardew, that's <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. Well, there you go. He'll say different, but I know. (laughs) Well, there you go. A wee personal joke between um, (laughs) Vungard and Paul Craig is um, Paul Craig's half Israeli. (laughs) No, listen, that's. No, I think think it's a good nickname. Like when I came up with it like years and years ago, like seeing Bruce Buffer call it out. It's good because Paul's always in his own. It doesn't go for me jumping about the cage, like no, dancing that. No, he's no. he's all business. Like you, you never see him shake hands with people before it or no getting their face at a way in with the with the face paint on and stuff like that. So How tall is he? Six four. Jeez, oh. So he says. I like how they I like how they say like when they call him out, they say he's a kung fu master. I don't know if you've noticed this. Bruce Bruce Buffer, this man is a kung fu master or something like that. <laughs> but he's been saying that since I think we, we fought an FFC in Hamilton and we had to write on our card like our names, our nicknames and your style. Right. And I'm sure he wrote um, Kung Fu on it and that must have went all the way up with him. And I don't think, I think Paul's has watched a Kung Fu film and in these days. But, Kung Fu Panda. Uh, don't get me wrong, he's athletic. I don't know a guy that's like 200 odd pun that can do just a simple standing backflip, perfect like that. And he's athletic, um, his kicks are great, he's got good flexibility in that. But I don't, I don't know about Kung Fu, I don't know where that came from. Yeah. I noticed it the other day, I'm like, they keep calling you like a Kung Fu artist. Love it, man. I, hopefully I'm not killing his apps. <laughs> He's kind of on fake persona here, but uh, I've never seen him do No, but um, ah, he's, he's a great guy, and obviously he's been a big part of my journey as well. And and I like we're still we've still got many more fights in us. Um, mm. He's got our four fights with UFC. I've got our four fights with Bellator. We're, we're worldwide, man. Listen, you should be very proud of yourself. He's, he's a good person. Always he's a good father figure, yeah. and I see he spends time with his kids and. He's a good role model to be. Um, he he does some between you and him keep you keep you going as well. Aye aye. That way um, from, from like if you've done something stupid or anything like that. Aye aye. He's, he's a good guy to talk to. Like aye. I went through a lot of stuck troubles outside the gym and stuff like that, and and I could talk to him about it, and I could even get, I can get a laugh with him like this, and I can be serious like that. And you know, know know the perfect balance, and and I long may it continue. Yeah, aye. for sure. Listen, it wouldn't be right. Unless we approach the subject of your dear papa. Yeah. You know me and you are similar like that, you know. Yeah. We both loved our papas. Well, my papa is still here, but I didn't actually know just until just there, just recently, yeah. about your papa passing away. Mm-hmm. Which, first of all, I want to say, That's... you know, all my love and yeah. sorry about that. And it's, 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 I can imagine, you know, people go, I can't imagine. Oh, I can imagine because my papa is my heart and soul yeah. as well, you know. Um, but if you want to, what was the the best memories you've got with your father? Oh, right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a few, right? So, obviously, I, I stayed with my papa every Thursday growing up, right? That was, Thursday was my day, my dinner day. I stayed with him, went mm-hmm. to school my, with my grandma's alive as well. That was my day. But every Saturday morning, we would go to the car boot sales, the Barrowlands, in till he gets his dodgy tobacco and I got my DVDs <laughs> or my videos back in. <laughs> and they gave me pocket money, took me my first holidays and shit like that. 
But um, funny stories, uh, my papa was like the life and soul uh, in the pubs with the karaoke's and you know, I've got all the Scotland away games back in the day, but mm-hmm. I used to go to like, holidays and he went on like see the, like, on the speedboat and you're on the paraglider, like, no the paraglider, but you're up there with, no, like, with a parachute, but the speedboat's taking you, but you're in there. Aye, the windsurfing. Aye, something like that, but you're in there. So my papa's up there, me and my gran are doing, doing the beach, man. He's out in the... Wind soften, wind guy or something, wind soften, soften. You're in the air, wind soften. Aye. So basically, the, the speedboat, they've basically dunked him and he's went back up in the fucking the, the parachute, so he's in the air. But when they've dunked him, they've taken his shorts, his shorts have came clean off. Yeah, <laughs> So my, my gran's like, oh my God, oh my God. My papa's up there, old clacker bag hanging out, I mean... <laughs> How old is he at that point? Oh man, he's about 50, 60 or something like See, that. He, he probably didn't care either, oh. did he? Just, you know, the older generation just oh, fucking starts seeing a bit of my, grand, my, my grand's gone mental, you know what I mean? So, just stuff like that. Like, my, it, was, it was a life and soul. You would have like my grand's walking stick, playing the guitar, singing all the time. Yep. But he'd always, he'd always put his fit in it with like asking like, like heavier set like uh, lassies when they're due and stuff like that at the bar and they're like oh, oh she's like I'm not pregnant oh. or whatever like, oh, like, stuff like that him. but yeah. I mean if the guy in the shop gave him what like, 10 pence extra he'd be back into the shop saying you've gave me too much son so he's just the type of guy he is you know what I mean so but he was a bus driver and he done when he started to come down a bit he was doing like bus runs for the the special needs to the colleges and that, so they all loved them. They got they got them gifts every day mm-hmm. and that. So he, he did actually love helping the people and that. And and he loved his he loved his grandmas. He loved us. I mean, mm-hmm. me and my sister, my brother. So he would do in for us. So I'm obviously trying to try to be like this guy, and then obviously try and pass it on to my kids. Yeah, because you know, everything you learn with him, you feel like see me now because my papa's got dementia and he's on his last mm-hmm. legs. Um, I always try and be like him and my brother. Oh, and my brother's dead, as you, as you know. I always try to be like him and my brother. I want to push what they their stuff, what they yeah. pushed on me. And, you know, mm-hmm. just that pride. And uh, like, I know I was watching uh, the BBC documentary, which mm. is fantastic. By the way, mm. guys, you should tune into it. It released last night, didn't it? Or the full one released uh, last yeah, night? Yeah, that was the last one. Um, and it was fantastic and he, he says something about he cooks all your food so how uh, are you cooking your food now? I know <laughs> you're the microwaver in you man that's, <laughs> that's another thing that I'll tell you another wee story after this one but um, that was another thing that they filmed that documentary and I'm so happy and glad that they got that footage I can always uh, look back uh, on uh, that don't get me wrong a few times I've got it on my phone like, maybe lying at night thinking about it um, I put that wee clip on because they've, they've sent me that clip alone uh, when he passed. And you know, a wee tear comes down your eye and you, just when you hear his voice again. No, I'm admitting that. No. And I was, I was actually building this fucking stupid Lego Death Star the other week here, and and it was like the the advert just came on the telly like mm-hmm. from BBC. It was mm-hmm. like my papa talking, and I was I got a fight like fuck's sake, and it was just the advert for my documentary. Oh, but yeah, so yeah. you just hearing his voice, I was yeah. like, oh. yeah, yeah. So that was just to hear that wee voice and that wee clip. So I'm so glad that they actually filmed and caught that that scene and like his wee one liners like you went for he man to scale at all people the, the audience fucking loved that they ate that up that was brilliant because that's like that's like a, it's a papa joke aye and it, it's, it's so true because it's like when I'm cutting weight a day ago for this yeah. when you take all the water out of me and, and he's seen that first hand he's, he's seen you lose and it and he wasn't a fan of it at first um, but then when he's he seen Inky went he went I went shopping with him one time and there were hundreds of people mobbing me and I think he was like Fuck you know this this my baby son here. And yes. I mean, uh, he's all about make making a living, paying mm-hmm. your bills mm-hmm. and he 
was always on at me. Have you paid your insurance? Have you done this? Have you done that? He was always on on your case. But um, but the other wee story I was going to tell you about was like obviously about five years after my grand had died. Yeah, he, he asked me if I could get Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> on your cell uh, can you give me a Viagra I'm, I'm, I'm going to need Blackpool or something he says like, how's that it's 10 women every man down there or something I'm like fucking hell I can see what I can do for you know I don't Grandpa give a bit done man but I've never told anybody that story but oh, it's all the P-I-M-T man down Blackpool riding on the rollercoasters but it's we one liners and even the one that's like I started to lay eggs because it was making up no starting to grow feathers I was making them that many Damn, eggs and all but to answer your question about um, who's making my food I'm, I'm starting to do a wee bit of myself I did have a food sponsor for a good few years there Prepped and Fresh who helped me fucking oh, out, unbelievable Yeah, food free food for years man just helped me with all my fights who were amazing with me I owe them a lot but now my diet's a wee bit different for theirs now yep. so I'm, I'm trying to do a lot of stuff myself yeah. now so what, what about you're going into your next fight as you say you might be fighting in the next few months. Mm-hmm. Nothing confirmed, see what happens. Um, how do you now approach that fight? Because a massive part of your yeah. fight has got to be your papa making your meals, you being in his company and certain things he says and all that will spark you. So yeah. how what, how do you think that's going to go? What are you going to focus on? How, how are you going to go about that? Because that's important because so many people in the pandemic are now yeah. are losing people yeah. so, and dealing with grief. And um, a lot of them are really struggling to do that. You mm. know, I'm getting hundreds of meals a day. So you being an athlete, a professional athlete, in in one of the biggest stages, um, how are you gonna how are you gonna deal with that? Um, I think I don't know. Like, see, I think this um, pandemic for the COVID has actually helped me a wee bit. I had a lot of injuries, and it gave me this hunger back. Like, I can't wait to fucking fight you now. Mm. Like, I can't wait to get a name, get a date, and get to work. Mm-hmm. Um. I honestly think it's helped me, so I can't wait to hit, hit the ground run, running. Nine weeks to it, I'm going to... I can just look to my papa as, as like an inspiration. Like, this is what he'll want. Is he looking down at me? Is he going to be in my corner? Maybe if yeah, I'm in the yeah, bottom yeah. taking some shots, he'll be like, like the old fucking Mickey in the rock, get up, Christopher, yeah, yeah. Line. So it's, I don't know, man. Like I still go down to the graveyard and I kind of talk to him as if he's there anyway, tell him all the fucking ins and outs that oh, have been man. happening. He loved me going places. I'd always have to bring him back a fridge magnet wherever I went. Mm-hmm. So, talk, talk so he'd have loved Abu Dhabi because he loves the Formula One and we stayed on the, the Marina Formula One circuit. And I'm like, this, wow. this was, that was his favourite track of the year, was the, the Abu Dhabi one. Oh. I'm like, he would have fucking loved this. He would have loved that. Would you have took him as well? Oh, aye, definitely. Well, he used to go everywhere, brilliant aye. man. So, what about the. Um, you're talking about your, your papa being funny. Right. And obviously he was funny. He was funny on camera. Um, he was about... fucking shiny still. <laughs> See <laughs> all that? Like, he was like, I think you had a wee half and all that. And <laughs> I was like, you don't need to do it, but I, would, I want to do the line. I want to show my wings who you are. Like, yeah. so I want you to be in it. And then when the camera hot, man, he was like, fucking the one liners. <laughs> like, fucking the natural. <laughs> but, but, um, aye. So what about you? you? We were talking earlier. You were talking about, you quite like comedian. What, you might you might want to, want aye, to be a comedian? Aye, of course. Um, I want to dip my toe in it. Um, I don't know. I think I could, I've, I've been messing about with some topics and, a wee five minutes, ten minutes, and I think I could maybe do a wee, a wee open mic uh, one night where, like, nobody's obviously there. Nobody's <laughs> <laughs> there. So I don't get booed <laughs> off. But um, I'd like to dip my toe in uh, some comedy work or even a wee bit of acting. Um, it always comes down to your Scottish accent, no? See, 
try to like cut a promo or act being it's been Scottish and my stupid accent. When I watch my interviews back after fights and that, I'm like, ugh. You got to be pure, pure yeah. Scottish, like, uh, um, oh, it just went out of my head about the guy that played James Bond. Uh, Sean Connery. Uh, Sean Connery, uh, old Sean. So um, I'm going to let you and McGregor right there. And who's the other one? Like Jerry Butler, not yeah. like. They've got the pure Scottish uh, accent. I don't know. They? I think I can maybe tell a few jokes, make a few people laugh. And get the fuck out of the stage. Why does that? Why does that happen? By the way, so hey, Gerard Butler, Sean Connery, and that right? Mm. They put these accents on him and make them speak like that, right? Mm. When do you ever hear people speaking like that, Scotland? Oh, you need to go a wee bit further they up. You go right up north. So you think that's where all these film stars and the they producers today visit up there up and what? You know what I mean? So it could be worse. It could be like the Highlander when they have Sean Connery playing like a Spanish guy <laughs> called Ramirez. Like weird, <laughs> weirdly, I don't know <laughs> what the fuck that was about. Oh, so what? I wanted to touch on. So if anybody wants me to act in a <laughs> short film or TV show, even River City, you know I me, mean, I'll jump in, smash some cunts, then haul haul at me or Kenny. <laughs> Just bunger <bundled> live. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I think I've got like a wee two minute, three minute set. Well, maybe five minutes. I don't know. A stand up comedy. So when I'm going to you're a funny guy, you've been making us laugh today. I would love to. I would come see you, man. Comedy pub. I think my topics would be a bit. Don't know, touch and go with some people. Frankie Boyle, you know, I went to see him, Frankie Boyle, and um, he was, he was, he was a brutal, but he was hilarious. I know, and you have to accept people go and watch a comedian and laugh at jokes and get offended online when you say something similar because it touches their their subject. That offends me because I'm a wrestler and you've just slagged wrestlers, but yeah, they'll go and fucking stone and watch all these comedians and laugh their ass off. You say something about fitness and. All the fitness gurus over there, won't they? Like, Aye. you've just affected my identity. Aye, like, oh, shut up, man. We need head. to be less sensitive with it. I will meditate on your head and drink your green tea, you cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris Bungard live. Aye, the bad guy's coming out now. <laughs> the bad guy's and coming out here. <laughs> Fuck you, well, you, I'm you, here, you. Piers Morgan. <laughs> oh, he's off his tits, isn't he, man, Piers? You know how I like the new um, Ricky Gervais, man? It's really... Oh. I, 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 I wasn't used to be a fan, oh. but then see like he's the afterlife show, and then he's he's Oscar hangs, and I'm like, this, this guy. Is it the Golden it. Globes, wasn't it? He went, aye, he went on a mad toast, man. Aye. That was literally the best half. I think it was half an hour, thirty four minutes or something. Best thirty minutes. Have of you life. seen Afterlife? Well, Afterlife, right? I oh, watched the first. How good is Afterlife? Fucking hell! Really good, but I don't think a lot of people give that the respect. It's a dark it comedy. I was quite emotional, wee bit, but it was. It was funny, man. Yeah, we'd see when he's in the office and all that. Uh, and he's, oh, it's class. <laughs> Not the actual office, and he's in the office. And um, who's the guy? Forget the the guy. He always slags and argues. He hates or something. But he actually likes him, but he hates the him. Guy with his face. I, yeah, I, 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 I watched it ages ago, but it was really good. Really what is it? The wee dog he has. No, yeah. is it the dog? Aye, but I, wa- I wanted to take back to the. We went to. the... Sorry, I got off track. Oh, don't again, worry. Man, we went to the the hit squad today. Scottish yeah. hit squad gym. And the home talk, of killers, the home of beasts. Yeah, There's a lot of up and coming uh, fighters that you're saying, but what I want to talk about, I was talking to someone, right? And they were talking about like MMA, um, always been kind of recognized as people who had been bullied, yep. right? We'd go into MMA or defense yeah, um, yeah. classes and stuff like that. So you would get in there. And as you know, remember at school, the footballers were all the pretty boys and the dickheads, weren't they? Yeah. I, me. Well, that was all right. I was all right, you know. Um, the rugby players were the people who couldn't play football, right? <laughs> the MMA players were the um, the MMA fighters would be the ones maybe who get bullied or maybe some of the, remember like, um, was it 
what did they used to say? School moshers and, and that. And, and you had moshers. One of my good, good pals, moshers. And you, golf, emo. Or, aye, aye, they would be in the MMA classes, right? So now that's different because mm-hmm. UFC came and mm-hmm. kind of, and Bellator came and took yeah. over everything. So now, like the guys who would be playing football, going into MMA. Do you think that's changed the identity of it all, or do you think there's still that because you were saying you come in, no guys, no guy messes about, you know, they come in, they all look after each other, there's an amazing brotherhood, and I can feel that from you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's it's the same as anything else, like, it's not for everybody, like, the, the sport is the fastest growing sport in the world, eh? mixed martial arts, it's more televised now with people, so there are more eyes on it, like, more people want to do it, but MMA is not for everybody yeah. and like, they find that out pretty quickly mm-hmm. but you can get like the quietest wee guy with specs at Disney uh, talk to anybody yeah. will fucking beat you up man yeah. like that's that's a good thing especially about jiu-jitsu um, but I think it's just it is like a pure like an like sets your ego like leave your ego at the gym on your shoes that's what we say Yeah, and it humbles you and it gives you discipline structure it's helped me out with a lot of things and I think it's the same with people coming in that's maybe a bully mm-hmm. that can get humbled and yep. like oh this is how you treat people and like I'm all the hardest guy in the yep. room because these guys can rip my head off so I've seen people coming in that's been bullied and it's helped them um, with confidence like not with confidence is a big thing walking into a gym a MMA gym like mm-hmm. It's quite daunting. Your first time walking in, like these big fighters, these tattoos are quite ugly. They've got the fucked up ears and all <laughs> that. Quite ugly. Like, you know what I mean? It's daunting, especially like, if these you're trying new. But it's so addictive. And then I've seen bullies come in and then they'll become bullies. You know what I mean? And that's so, that's that's a real... Because that's how I was saying, where do you fit in there? Because you, you battered the bullies at school. <laughs> you probably wouldn't be the guy that would have ended up in an MMA yeah. gym. How, how did that come about? I actually don't know. It was just absolute fucking. You don't luck. just walk in one day, nah. do you? Just like this boys, are right? It was basically they were saying that they were doing a cage fighting class in Hollytown, and I just went with my mate, and it was kind of like grappling based. It was like weird because I wanted to be like a fireman, and then I wanted to be a joiner, and I couldn't. I didn't get into any of them, so I ended right. up falling into steelworks, and I ended up being good at fighting, and I right, just took, okay. took it to there. But it was a, it was by accident, right, no, just it's... because I was. Good at fighting, and I, was, and I was game. I didn't I had balls. You know what yeah, I mean, I had yeah, balls. So kind of, you just, big Scottish balls. You fell into it, <laughs> and it, and and you you fell into it, and you blossom kind of thing, you know, because you said you could have lost your way easily. Oh, hundred percent. And um, I was at the start. I was a wee bit like I spent some time in a young offenders in Pullman, and a barred police. Like start like the list goes on. Trust me, man. Yeah. But I can tell you right now, I'm a much better person. I'm a kind-hearted person. That'll always go his way to help people. Like I've went to people, I've had messages that people are struggling with, like their parents, my son's this and that. I've drove and I went to show up this yeah. young boy's house, young girl's house, and spoke to them, and and that goes a long way with the community. You know what yeah. I mean? The people can't believe that I've, I've took the time out. So I know I'm a good person at heart. Yeah, and and that's I think I've got to mention that as well. I was going to touch on the charity work and that you do, and uh, I watched. The, the guy that you saved you saved from a fit was it um the boy that was on the documentary last night um the wee boy no wee the boy. older man oh Stephen I like he did brain uh, um brain tumors brain so? tumors I mm-hmm. cancer tumors in his brain and and I these are all just 
things that make me who I'm you've, you've made a huge impact on, on that guy's life yeah. and gave him the fight to go on. I seen the fight yeah, with the wee boy and stuff like that. My, my friend obviously Kieran is in a wheelchair, like and it's hard it's hard enough for me when just, I just when I come to you and I'm saying right, I've got a post on suicide, can you share it? Chris, you'll share it in a second. Mm. Whereas in a lot of footballers I go to and other people, they, they won't even mm. they won't even give you the time of day, you know, and why have you yeah. got that? What is that? Because I feel like when people come and ask you for a photo or it'd be nice, it takes two seconds out of your day and they always remember that. And yeah. one day, nobody will do that. Nobody will ask you for a photo. Yeah. I mean, like, but you're always, that wee two seconds of happiness so you can give somebody's life or what? For me standing still for two seconds, for me clicking a button, for a like, a share, a retweet. I'll do that all fucking day, man. Like, I'm no, I'm no, I think I'm anybody I'm no, I'm just a normal guy and like, I think the social media gets to a lot of people's heads these days and I don't know, no 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 man, no money or no woman will ever change who I'm on. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I know, and that's why I think me and you have got on well today because we you know we bounce off each other like that and um with me I've got a platform I've got now and I'll share everyone's stuff because yeah. not everyone obviously if there's a thousand people mail me, but yeah. I see the post now. Ah, yeah, like, that's a faithful I'll share it because there's no I'm not gonna think I'm not gonna act like like someone who hmm. I'm not. I'm always going to be that same person. You could give me a Ferrari, you know what I mean, and and that's not what's driving me. I've you know had, what I mean? I've had people. The new thing that people are doing are phoning me through Facebook. So I'm just answering. Have you quite that? I'm answering like that. Oh, he's answered or not? As if. As if they're at a house party, like <laughs> last, I'm just like, ah, I'm just on a plane. Ah, like, oh, how are you doing? Anyway? I'm like. Is this what they're getting to now? Yeah. They can just actually phone me through Aye, Facebook. Right, we just phoned, we phoned Georgie Boy the phone in and then we thought, fuck it, go phone the bad guy, you oh, know, no, man. Well, I've answered a few of them, but you're like, what the fuck, man? Because I think you can turn that off that people can't video call you and stuff yeah, right. like that. So you need, you need to I probably know, ask about that. So how have things changed for you life-wise, getting like the blue tick and all that now in the big social media presence? Aye, I think it blew up through, obviously, my Bellator career and my social media i done a lot of stuff with Celtic and that. Like, I was on a park and I was in a Celtic view. So I got a lot of Celtic fans through yeah. that. And Best pals of Kieran Tierney? I have pals with KT, talk to Connor, Jerry Sermon, stuff like that. So Connor McGregor. Just came in my mind. Uh, Who'd win a fight out you and Connor? <laughs> I, think, I think Connor would probably beast me in that one. But yeah, uh, you, you think Connor would be shit? Aye, aye. Well, I know I've trained with him hundreds of times, so I know I know how good so he is. Yeah, he's an actual beast. Oh, I aye. love him. He's, he's such aye, a good guy. He's I think he's the full package. Obviously, he's he's so marketable. He's so, so intelligent with his businesses and. I, I honestly I like I like being around about him. I like talking to him. I still talk to him on Instagram and that, but. I, I just think that's very similar. I know he has his faults, but mm. I've got my faults, so I've not. I've I, everyone has their faults, you know what I mean? It's people, people um, judge you and all that I, stuff. So my, my stock kind of went up there, but I was still. Mm. I, I think people just really liked my character and who I was and stuff yeah. like that. So I think that, that helped it as well. But as I say, I'm just being me. And like, the interviews if, would have made that nah, go up. That interview people, was class. People, not everybody's cup of tea, I know that. And like, even I said something yesterday that people didn't like, and it's just like, no, everybody's got to like what I'm going to say, but yeah. I will never apologise. That's not, that's one thing I'll take to my grave. Keep no apology. So if I do offend anybody, I will never apologise for uh, offending anybody with a joke. I don't give a fuck. What was it Connor said? He goes, "What was that famous?" I'd like to apologise to nobody. I was like, "I like to apologise." 
that sounded like fucking uh, Nord, you uh, know what I mean? I was brilliant. I feel like I was using that. So, but do oh. when I say song shit, the the public like they tag the Daily Record, the song, my, they tag my company Bellator, yeah. they tag the Police Scotland if I do something. That means so. Speaking about Bellator, so it's like tra- people are trying to get me sacked and stuff like that for saying like a wee taste, tasteless way, joke, man. But fuck them. It's happening every job. You never, yeah. you're not safe in any job anymore. Social media is the beast of everything yeah. now. But see, talking about. Bellator, you mentioned Bellator there. You've said in a few interviews about Bellator v UV, v, um, UFC, yeah. saying they're rivals, right? Yep. Most people are looking at it saying the UFC is the big dogs and Bellator is the big one, but not maybe as much as maybe a yeah. big name. Yeah. So, Dana White, yeah. right? Flies over in his private jet, gets a train to Holyton. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got a golden briefcase, hey. right? And he comes here and goes, Chrissy boy. Says I've got a contract here, right? But I've just had a phone when I got off my my private jet, yeah. three million pound private jet. <laughs> and he says I've just had a phone from Bellator, and they want to sign you as well. He says we've both got one million pound deals. Oh, Are you choosing UFC or Bellator? Right, obviously, I need to pick <laughs> Bellator because I'm fucking top, I'm, a comp- I'm a company man. But uh, what I will say is Bellator has looked after me. Yeah. I have a great relationship with the owners, the matchmakers, and. Um, like I've still got four fights with him, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't shit on them now we're saying then because they've treated me so well, and I've just signed a new contract which was better than a lot of people that are in the UFC. <laughs> so I'm happy the new. But when I was in Abu Dhabi there, like I was, I was fucking steaming in the pool, man, the last day, and I was with all the bell, the UFC brasses and all the media, and they all loved me, they all loved me, and I think if I wasn't with Bellator, that probably would have pissed or nothing until I signed the contract. <laughs> No, but, but that, and um, I like having relationships on both sides. Obviously, Paul's in the UFC. Brian talks to them a lot. But I'm happy with Bellator because, like, I've got a good relationship with them, and I'm I'm happy to fight for them. And they put on good shows, big arenas, and they're paying me like good. I'm, mm-hmm. I I don't date to be rich or famous, but I'm just comfortable. Got to pay your bills. That's that. I'm comfortable. Yeah. It's just comfort. I get You're to travel the world. Mean you've came uh, from it's that's that. All I all I like doing is traveling the world, and if that can pay me plane journeys to here and there yeah. and as long as I've got a roof and food in the fridge then I'm fucking happy I mean, man. I mean, you fight for Bellator Chris fights for UFC but you do it together so yeah. it's good you beat in both worlds and for um, for UFC fans Bellator fans it just shows you that um, that's how much Bellator bring to the table it's good for as well it's good for our amateurs and all come through saying look this is where you can get to yep. me and Paul are not mean and yep. Proper make a living at it and stuff like that. So you I can go, they can you know, see it, man. They're, they're fucking, they're deadly, man. I would say, you know, if you want to exercise, you know, and you've got a poor mindset and now you're struggling with poor mental health, go to your local MMA gym. The guys in it will, will, will more than likely be welcoming and fantastic. And go to a beginner class because that today, when I, when I have, like you'll see in the, the, the video that or you've seen in the promo, that was amazing. Yeah. I loved that hour. You know, I said, can we go for 10 hours? Yeah, you know what I mean? I was blowing at my arse, you know what I mean? Man. But And then he was choking you and my arse was flattened. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was frightening. Right, before we, we we wrap it up, I've got a couple of questions from some of the Flip the Mindset guys. They're not, they're not terrible. Yeah. Oh, that's, I'll explain that tattoo and also. That's the... The Gardens of the Galaxy cassette. So my papa loved the Gardens of the Galaxy film. So they are. He got, I used to always watch films with him all the time. And he, he would always say, have you seen Gardens of the Galaxy? Yeah, it's that noise. That the sound, best soundtrack ever, blah, blah, blah. So that's a wee bit of meaning behind that. That's the I soundtrack for Gardens of the Galaxy. You know? 
So it's like a wee yeah. um, yeah. mixtape out of the it's like a Marvel film. I listen to that. But he loved these films. I watch films with him, in fact, by him every day in life, and he loved that film. So that was another wee thing about my part. Nobody really knew about. Love that, love that, and. I listened to that soundtrack about a hundred right, times. Quite, it's such Class. A, it's such a Makes good, you feel so weak. You might listen uh, to it when you're sad, you listen so to it, you're happy. Me, me and Paul listen to it when we're cutting weight. So I'm under the towels after coming out of the bath and Paul's voice singing, I got a feet. See the, what a memory. Uh, so Paul's memory. singing, I, I'm trying to like, no die, we're sweating. And we're shaking. All smiling. Uh, <laughs> shaking your pinky so to it because you're done in. So it's a good song for us. Right, okay. Questions? Got these. <clears throat> Let's have a look. Okay. Aidan asked, has training in MMA improved your discipline in other aspects of life? Of course, man. Of course. Um, it gives me a structure, a structure in how to live your life, um, discipline, timekeeping, listening to your coach. Um, when I first started in football, one of my main, like, Guys I respected was my football coach who died, Pat McCready, because um, he was he was a he was a big respectable guy. If you if he shouted at you and told you to get up the hill, you would fucking do it. Yeah. And we always the football team just always fucking have a laugh for young daft wee boys. But Pat was one of my mentors growing up. as Houghton Colts. He was like he was a legend in Hollytown. But he was one of the guys I fucking listened to. Um, so I so being even mixed martial arts, but football coaches. I listen to Brian when he tells me something, I listen to him. Be on time, eat good food, structure your day out. So martial arts has basically saved, saved my life. what There was no structure, there was no structure yeah. at all. Man. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I know the answer for this. Biggest inspiration in his career, that's your papa. Aye, aye. Yeah, for sure. Um, Second big inspiration in your career. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. Like, I didn't follow any fighters. Like, I had no heroes being a fighter. Like, I looked up to this guy. I wanted to be this guy because I didn't want to be a fighter. Mm -hmm. I just fell into it. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, man. Like, I, maybe the guy I just mentioned, Pat McCready, he was, he was an inspiration. He just being, being a, I don't know, just. Just a respectful person. I don't know. It's decent when you've got a good it's football a coach. One, it's a tough one. Like maybe Bret Hart, the wrestler, or Henrik Larson, the football player. These are these are um, solid professionals inside and outside their sports. Mm -hmm. That like you wanted to be these people. Like when did you ever see Larson in the paper stumbling at a nightclub? Like drunk yeah, people actually getting into fights. I used to like get that. made fun of a lot because I, I was a big Rangers fan, mm -hmm. of course. But two of my three of my favourite strikers, to be fair, was um, one of them was Michael Moles, second yep. one was Henrik Larson. Yep. Um, I had his tongue-in-cheek 100 greatest yeah. goals one. I used to watch it all the time because I wanted to copy him and his yeah. headers and all that, you know. I'm not embarrassed to say that. No, some, no, some of my mates know Rangers what fans, oh, player. you're not a proper Rangers yeah, fan. What a class for You're not a proper Rangers fan. This, I said, listen, he was unbelievable. And um, Matt Afford was uh, Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Um, the real Ronaldo. The real Ronaldo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so describe the feeling of anticipation when you're getting your hands wrapped. Wrapped? That's a good oh, question, isn't it? Aye. Yeah. Um, visualize, visualization of victory. That's what that's what I'm. I'm. So he's here. I'm talking to the guy. Usually the same cut men that do it. Like they travel with the businesses yep. and that. So I build a relationship with this guy. Like I want him to wrap my hands again. I mm. want him. I won him the last time. I want yep. him. And, and I'm just. I'm usually listening to music or I'm talking to him. But I'm. I'm thinking what I'm going to do in the fight because in fights, 
your mindset, you visualise. Have you have you watched uh, Martin? Do you like your Marvel films? Yeah, huh? love them. So, big, big Do- fan. so Doctor Strange is yep. like we're like doing all this, and he's getting he's doing a million odd ways that the world can end yeah, with it. Thanos. Is that so? That's me basically visualising all these ways this fight can end. I can lose this fight. I can get knocked out. I can get submitted. I can submit him. I can knock him out. I can grind out a decision. There'll be blood. I can be cut. I can be kicked. I can be need. Mm-hmm. So this is blah, 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 yeah. on here. I'm just like, hmm, just trying to keep all fucking switch stones yeah, if I'm one absolute it, yeah. psychopath. No, but that's good. You're regulating it all. You're an all, yeah. all-round fighter as well, aren't you? You're and good. then you just, just deep breath, you smile, and then just, just go on with it, man. But aye, go. it's like you're going to war, basically. I mean, that's what that is. You're going to war, you're getting your hands wrapped to go to war. And um, it's, it's a good feeling, I like it ready like for it. battle and it's good that you like it because when your hands are wrapped man there's no turning back man like <laughs> and plus I don't want to get too graphic man but if you need the toilet man you can't really do it what, what happens with the toilet like, a lot the, of fighters get nervous like shitters do like, you take a modium no I don't do fighters take a modium aye aye no, are they allowed totally. to it's not aye, a, aye. and so they would take that because aye. I know for a fact when I've played in really like with football games mm-hmm. that I've had a good crowd there um, you know, I'm holding on, man. I mean, I'm shitting everywhere before it. Manage to lie, right? We need to go out there. I'm fucking I'm in the toilet, man. People do that shit and sitting, but I love the crowd. I, I can't wait to go out there. I feed off the crowd like I'm a like I'm a pro wrestler. Like yeah. I'm the bad guy, the heel. Like I want them to boo me. I want them to cheer me. But like I need the crowd there. Like so, this fighting now without any crowds, I don't know how that would affect me. Yep. We'll soon see. Listen. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Oh, you know, you're an absolute gentleman, <laughs> and I hope people know that you're a gentleman. You might be the bad guy and stuff like that, but you're a you're an inspiration. I'm sure you'll be an inspiration to many. Um, Thank you, man. Thank we you. cover so much there. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of the Flip the Mindset podcast. Uh, Tracy's opened up at some stuff about some stuff he's never opened up about before, which is fantastic. And um, we want to wish him all the best for the future. Hopefully, he brings a fight to the Hydro. Yep. It will sail out because you know Scotland. There's no there's no better place when you've got you know you're at Ibrox or you're at Parkhead. There's, these are the Scots. Mm. They create just an atmosphere. Uh, They're passionate people, and I think coming together to support you, no matter what team you support, yeah. not all that stuff's left in the left in the bloody thing, you know. That must be rough for it, like Manchester, London, Dublin, Newcastle. Like you would think that's Glasgow. So think about Glasgow, man. Yeah, I think how good Glasgow is going to be. Come I on, tell man. you that. But no, I want to thank you again for coming on, no, showing us what to do. My and if you want, a, if you need an extra player for football, big man might come out and, and, and <laughs> show us how it's done. Won't show be able to run anymore with all this <laughs> lockdown, wait, man. But listen, thank nah, you. Appreciate that. All right, mate. Thank you, man. Cheers. Have a good day.